I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. G'day, Lewis. Good afternoon, Daniel. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Uh, I spoke to somebody this week and they said they are desperate to hear you play Vienna by Billy Joel (laughs) on your piano. They want to hear it. Uh, Is there any way we can hear it tonight? Tonight? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I'm so ready and so good at it. Are you kidding me? Learning people who say that piano takes years to learn are idiots. Uh It's taken me two weeks and I know all of the (laughs) piano. Um, That's it. It's that simple. I always said that about our friend Tim Minchin. I said, Matt, you're just an overnight success. <laughs> One day yeah. you just could start hitting the keys. Well, I'm so I'm ready to be Tim Minchin, you know. I'm ready to um, get out there, put some leather pants on. Uh, I can do a lot of parody songs as well. Um, I can do a lot of good parodies of Billy Joel's Vienna. Um, I've got 10 or 15 great parody songs all about different German towns. It's good stuff. Uh, excellent. Weird Al... Hobber, they will call you from now yeah, on. Yeah, weird L. Just L for Lewis. Will, will L, Will L. I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal land in the Yora Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 40. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, Alan Jones undergoes a major knee reconstruction after doctors say he's been leaning too far to the right. And Australia purchases one million Pfizer vaccines from Poland. We ask, does the government put too much faith in polls? And in order to prevent COVID outbreaks, Queensland deploys 100 soldiers on the New South Wales border. Yes, Australia has its own Delta Force. It's the 20th of August 2021, and this is a rational fear. A rational fear! Like your set. 
Welcome to Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former president of Malaysia, Dan Illich. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. She smugly moved to Adelaide before the pandemic and she's still smugly there. It's the smug co-host of the award-winning Just the Gist podcast. It's Rosie Waterland. Ah, uh, Daniel, I wish I was still smugly there, but I moved to Melbourne the day they went into lockdown. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rosie, no. I know. I le- as we were driving into the city, they announced it at the presser. So I'm not so smug anymore, my friends. Oh, oh, dear. And he's simply too handsome to ever consider being the host of a podcast, but here we are. It's the other co- co-host of the award-winning Just the Gist podcast. It's Jacob Stanley. Hello, D'Anthony. I can be smug. I'm in far north Queensland. I definitely did dodge all of the lockdowns. Um, (laughs) But I'm just, I'm not rubbing it in anyone's faces. I'm really not. Have you considered serving your state and getting down to the border to prevent New South Wales people from getting across the border there? I think they've got it under wraps without my help. I would be a hindrance, I'm sure. It's not the first time, like, Queenslanders have been going, like, build that wall. Just (laughs) (laughs) all across New South Wales. (laughs) <laughs> and he's fully vaxxed and ready to play sax. Move that piano over. It's Lewis Hobber. No, dude, bring the piano in. I'm, throw, I'm, throwing, my, I'm throwing my saxophone away. In my constant search for, like, because uh, we're, what, nine weeks into lockdown now? And yeah, pretty much every two weeks I, I try to buy a new thing to keep me occupied. So two weeks ago it was a piano. <laughs> oh. uh, I, I, I learned a song. This week, one of those, like, muscle-pounding guns. You know those ones that like wobble, <laughs> wobble your muscles. Um, so I got that on Monday, and well, that's the, one, my, the that's ones that make look like you're you're going to learn how to, you're going to like get your jerk off muscles really strong. Those ones, the ones that no, shake. No, not a shake weight. Um, there, it's like I don't know if I can say the I can say the brand. This isn't the ABC. Um, like a Theragun, uh, but like a okay. cheap knockoff Theragun from Amazon. Mm, and, um, okay, I've got one. Right. They're amazing. They're, They're really amazing. Good. Yeah. yeah, right. They're usually well, what you use if you go to the gym, but obviously all gyms are closed, so I'm just using it mostly on my weak bones now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this lockdown I'm doing the same kind of thing. I'm just buying stuff to fill the void. I bought a mm. wetsuit the other day. I haven't <laughs> used it yet, but <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I've lived in Bondi all my life. I don't know how to surf. I'm going to buy the things that you need to do the surfing. Oh, so yeah. the wetsuit's been hanging out there for, you know, four days. I've yet to go surfing. <laughs> do you have a surfboard? No, I don't got that's the next thing I'm gonna get. <laughs> what did you buy the wetsuit for? You know, five days ago I bought three hundred dollar rollerblades and I haven't used them yet, so I feel ya. Oh great, Rosie and I, we could we could go sporting do sporting things together. I feel um, ya. Coming up later, we are going to be talking to the leader of the Greens, Adam Band. We'll ask him, why did the Greens vote against the CPRS on repeat until the year 2050 rolls around? But first, here's a message from this week's sponsor. In 2021, BHP is getting rid of fossil fuels and focusing on sustainability of our profits. Our profits are fragile and we must do what we can to save them. And experts warn that our reputation will soon face a tipping point from activist shareholders from which it can never recover. That's why we're selling our coal, oil and gas assets so some other company can bravely ignore the problem of greenhouse emissions production that will continue unabated regardless. At BHP, we believe the only way to clean up the planet is to wash your own hands first. We're doing it for our children. And our children's children. Not your children, ours, who'll be inheriting the profits. Yeah. BHP. 
open, cut and running. (laughs) (laughs) This week's first bit. Now, you may remember Danielle Brigoli. She got famous in 2016 when, as a 13-year-old, she went on Dr Phil and threatened to bash her mum outside the studio. She was the cash-you-outside girl. A few years later, she started performing hip-hop under the name Bad Barbie and she totally blew up. Well, she turned 18. Bad baby. Sorry, bad baby. Bad baby. My mistake. <laughs> well, early this year she turned 18 and a few days after she turned 18 she got herself an OnlyFans account and how long, fear mongers, do you think it took bad baby to make a million dollars? How long do you think it took bad baby to make a million dollars in her OnlyFans account? Six months. No, six, six hours. Still, <laughs> six hours. Six hours. She broke the record for OnlyFans and she made a million dollars. She's now set to buy a $4 million house in Florida. Fairmongers, is this the answer to how young people can get on the property ladder, Rosie? I truly think it is. I consider her an enterprising Gen Z, Gen Z feminist on par with Malala Yousafzai. She is truly <laughs> out there <laughs> representing for young women. And you know what? She mentioned in an interview with Variety yesterday, yes, she's big enough now she's getting interviewed by Variety that she's looking to buy a house in Florida in cash because she knows that Florida is a tax haven. Yeah, this is incredible. Smart Reading girl. this. Reading this thing, she's she's actually got the money smarts to back it up and she knows she, she lives in Los Angeles but is putting all of her stuff in Florida so she yes, doesn't have she to pay is. tax. Genius. Hmm. Incredible. An example wow. to young women everywhere. Lewis, have you ever considered um, starting an OnlyFans account for yourself? <laughs> um, yes. Yes, I have, Dan. Uh, of course, it'll just be mostly me naked playing Billy Joel's Vienna, but I really do think there's a market for it. Because um, like, I've heard Bad Baby's music. It's actually quite good. Like, she's she's genuinely, um, I thought she'd make money on that, but the OnlyFans angle, didn't see it coming. I mean, yeah, good on it. Why not? Do you know, have you checked out the OnlyFans specifically, Rosie? Do you know what sort of stuff she's doing? Uh, Look, I I can't say that I've had the chance to partake, but she does say that she doesn't do anything that she's uncomfortable with. It's mostly just scantily clad uh, little boomerang videos and photos. But you know what? All power to her. Whatever she wants to do, if if she's making cash, good on her. Jacob, are you backing Bad Baby in here? Look, I I don't necessarily disagree with what she's done with the platform since she got her platform, except for the fact that I just don't love the idea that there'll be a bunch of kids out there who want to emulate her by turning to a life of crime in their youth so that they can end up on a show like Dr. Phil and then launch themselves into the stratosphere as she has done. So it feels icky to me. Yeah, I I prefer the older method of... um, spending a life in like organised crime and then making your money by selling it to Underbelly to just do over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a tradition and a pride in that. Yeah. yeah. That's far the old integrity. school way mm. of profiting from crime. <laughs> she she makes a stack of money outside of OnlyFans too. She looks like she's got a $2 million product placement deal with her bad baby videos. She earns $40,000 per post on Snapchat. Uh, and, wow, she's 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 uh, she looks like she's minted. She's got so many cars. She also sounds, Rosie, she sounds like she actually might be a really good parent because when it comes to exposing kids to bad messages in her own music, she said this, even Cardi B, uh, she, she turns off WAP when her kids come around. Like, <laughs> like... <laughs> 
I personally think WAP is an inspiring song, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's just me. I mean, I do like that recently a judge in a court who had a very naughty young girl in front of her while sentencing her said, you don't want to end up like the cash me outside girl, do you? And the video of that ruling went viral and Danielle Brigoli saw it and paid that girl's fine and said to the judge, you know what? I earn more in a year than you'll ever make. So oh, suck wow. <laughs> So I oh. think she is looking out for the kids, TBH. Oh, Man, I've been doing Patreon all wrong. I should have started an OnlyFans. This is uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, speaking of Patreon, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Irrational Fear. Um, there aren't any nudes. But I tell you what, for our Patreon-only subscribers, we will have a picture of Lewis in his underwear <laughs> playing yeah. Billy Joel's Vienna. Or you just piano. do reverse OnlyFans, which is where you and I promise if we get enough money to keep our clothes on. <laughs> that might be a more lucrative endeavor. Yeah. yeah. I actually threat. have I actually have an OnlyFans. So if you go to my OnlyFans, you'll see one picture up there and I think it's me without a beard. I put it <laughs> <laughs> saucy. I, I want to see you in that wetsuit, baby. Let's do it. All right. That's, that's going to be the second picture. Irrational fear. I'm wishing the face cuz you would get out my face. Either I'm breaking down her door or she's breaking down my door. I don't stop till I start seeing dance in the door. I ran out four times in one day. And the cops brought me back every time. This is a rational fear. <laughs> this week's second fear. In Serbia, a caveman who's been living in a cave for the last 20 years has come out of his cave to get the jab and encourage others to get the jab too before going back into his cave. In the words <laughs> of the caveman, when he was asked about anti-vaxxers, he said, um, the virus does not pick. It will come here to my cave too. I want to get all three doses, including the extra one. I urge every citizen to get vaccinated, every single one of them. Now, fear mongers, how can a caveman who's got no contact with the modern world have more sense than people that spend all their time reading Facebook and Telegram messages from Craig Kelly. It's how a pretty could, obvious answer, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what he lacks in internet connection, he easily makes up for in common sense. 20 years ago when he departed from society, it was common knowledge that vaccines were good and diseases were bad and he's just maintained what we all used to know but a lot of us seem to have lost our ways. And I'm very excited that he's the one to be sharing this message because I think he might be the one who can win over the hearts and minds of the people of Mullumbimby because he's a white guy <laughs> with dreadlocks and they love nothing more than that. So he's bound to get their attention and he may be able to get through to them. You know, I've called a lot of anti-vaxxers cavemen and I'm really uh, uh, sorry for that now. Uh, they are clearly, <laughs> cavemen are above anti-vaxxers. Uh, it is absolutely disgusting on my behalf. I feel so sorry. <laughs> Do you know about this caveman? Do you know if he's like staying across the world broadly? Like, was it kind of like, oh, we just needed to tap you on the shoulder and let you know that there's been this big outbreak? Oh, by the way, the Chicago Bulls cleaned up in like the next few years in the <laughs> mid 90s. Um, Bill Clinton is no longer someone that we like. Like, how many things did he have to learn from the from the early nineties? Wait till he finds out and learns about a guy called Donald Trump and his trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I know he found out about the pandemic because he he like once a month goes to the supermarket, mm. and he he didn't or like once every so often goes to the supermarket. and He didn't know it was happening until he went to the supermarket and, and saw everyone wearing masks, and mm. that's how that's how he found out about it. Yeah, 
I, want, I hope the supermarket that he goes to once a week is Aldi and that um, his cave is just filled with the weird shit from the middle aisle. Oh, you the know? Yeah. If you went to visit his cave, he's, he knows nothing about the modern world, but he does have like a fishing line and a very weirdly shaped pillow and a bunch of ski yes. gear. And you know what? If you're living in a cave, that's exactly what you need. <laughs> a wetsuit. Um, he... Every single one of the articles found it necessary to point out the fact that he's got a bathtub that he uses as his toilet. So there's every possibility that, yes, he picked that up in the middle aisle of Aldi. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably true. They do sell bathtubs sometimes. Really? Now, I I, I watched the video of this guy and um, he's got really beautiful eyes. Like, he's he's a good-looking caveman. Hmm. Oh. Are you thinking of moving to the cave? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, oh. maybe he needs an OnlyFans. Irrational <laughs> <laughs> fear. Do you think that the four feet of marble that holds you above high in this chamber will help you from the fate of humanity, which you are unleashing? Thank you, sir. Your time has expired. Irrational <laughs> fear. Think you want to join the party at Parliament House with your own political party? Think again. Soon it's going to be easier than ever to keep parties out of Parliament who aren't already registered as a party. Yes, the Morrison government introduced a party registration integrity bill. New parties will no longer require 500 members to register. They'll need 1,500 members to register. And new parties won't be able to use a name that's similar to existing parties' names. For instance, you couldn't use the word Liberal, Labor or the Greens, even if you spell Labor correctly or the Greens party was about vegetable consumption. You couldn't do that and you're not allowed to register a party with annoying, vexatious or frivolous names. Fearmongers with an election coming up, has this thrown a spanner into the works for any of you who may have considered starting your own party this election? <laughs> Lewis? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm curious. I'm just sort of going back through previous names to figure out who, like, what about, say, like the sex party? Would they have stopped the sex party getting through, do you think? Well, that's it. it, it that could be mm. a frivolous name, yeah. Because sex, or- sex can be frivolous. Sex can be frivolous, yeah. I was thinking about like, like, wouldn't you be would, would like the totally normal party? Would that get through? Like, if you mm. were like, whoa, or the very <laughs> serious party? I'm going to start a party called the very serious party. Would they count that as frivolous? Well, I guess I mean you know how tuned into politics I am, Daniel. So I had to ask my partner Caleb about about what this story actually meant, and he explained to me that a big part of it is not trying to like tag onto someone else's name, so like they can't get above you on the ballot and confuse people. So you can't call yourself like liberal too because then people <laughs> might get confused and vote for you thinking they're voting for the liberals, yes? Oh, this is what happened in the Senate election some time ago when the Liberal Democrats got in and they were yes. first on the ballot and that's how we get um, some idiots in the Senate. <laughs> well, that's what Caleb said. Caleb said, but only idiots would have ticked Liberal Democrats and I said, ah, would they though? Because I probably would have done the wrong thing too. So you got to be. It's maybe this is a solid rule. It may not be entirely democratic, but there are some people who would just look at that and go, "Oh, that word looks familiar." Tick. Mm. It should be. They should start treating every political party name like sort of Instagram handles. There should be like 
there's like liberal liberal 69 like liberal cum pumper 69 <laughs> and then there should be like liberal party official and it's got a little tick next to it so you know that that's the real one yes but if they you need want to, to blue tick they need to blue tick the party mm. names yes. yeah 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 I just think, like, would it be nice if there was a Labor Party who actually spelt Labor correctly and they were allowed? But I was like, well, well, actually, if anything, the more frivolous name is Labor spelt without a U. Yeah. That's Maybe true. I'll start a party this, this next election called I'm Putting the U Back in Labor. And, <laughs> That's it. Of rational fear. So I think we just have to live with it. So Gladys Berejiklian is absolutely right. We just have to learn to live with this disease and we can't continue indefinitely in this stop-start life. Your fear is rational. We've got a very special guest this week on Irrational Fear. It's the leader of the Greens, Adam Baird. Adam, welcome to Irrational Fear. Hi, Dan. And first things first, why did the Greens uh, vote against the CPRS in 2009? Well, what I is voting for a carbon price. We did it. We voted for it. We got one up. 2010, we got it up, and then the Liberals and uh, Rupert Murdoch and the fossil fuel industry came and tore it down. So um, we did have one. Adam, wh- where do the Greens stand on this um, on this party uh, integrity bill, registration integrity bill? The Greens was regist- were registered off the back of 500 people in Tasmania. Um, will you be backing the government's party registration integrity bill? No, we don't like it. Um, it comes as a, sort of a package of measures that does not just what you've spoken about, but also um, starts to put a bit of a handbrake on third parties that want to get involved, and clearly that's aimed at groups like GetUp and so on that the government doesn't like, so it starts to restrict their activities a bit further. And I think there is a place for smaller parties and independent voices in the um, in Parliament, and you know, we'd, we'd meet the thresholds, but we don't think it's right. So we're opposing it, and there's a number of other crossbenchers who are with us on that, and we're hoping that um, the opposition will join us. Do you think it'll get in? Do you reckon Labor will back it in? I don't know. I don't know. And um, the uh, I think there's every chance we can stop it. Like in the Senate at the moment, things hang on one vote a lot. And if Labor decides to join with us and um, oppose things, often, sadly, that one vote is Pauline Hanson in many instances. And so, <laughs> like, putting your faith in working out what, what her party is going to do on it is... Not a great way to run a country, but that's that's where we're at at the moment until we kick her out at this election. But um, so I'm not I'm not going to predict it, but I'm I, I think there's a good chance of stopping it. So if we kick her out this election and then change the law so she can't get back in. I like it, Adam. I like what you're thinking here. Now, there's been a lot of talk about um, climate change this week. I mean, we hear so much about it. I'm sick of it. Is it over yet? <laughs> Sadly not. Um, it's going to go for a while. And, the, uh, yeah, the talk over the last couple of weeks has not been good. And it's another... You know, I don't, I don't know what happens, what, what the metaphor is for after alarm bells, alarm bells ringing loudly, you know, signed. I don't know what the next level is and uh, we're sort of running out of phrases to say what the scientists are doing, but they're basically saying, look, we've kind of got until the rest of this decade and if we don't fix it, then potentially climate change becomes a runaway chain reaction and we can't rein it in and that's what worries me and that's what's been occupying people this week. 
I really did enjoy the scientists using code red. I think quoting a few good men is the best way to get people's attention. Uh, that was very, very good. Uh, now, it's only 73 days away until we are at COP, the Conference of Parties, 26 in Glasgow, the big climate talks. I know you're not in government, Adam, but what would you hope this Australian government takes as a national target heading into COP? Uh 75% cut our pollution by 2030. That's what has been the Independent Climate Targets panel has said we need to do that to do our fair share to limit global warming to one and a half degrees. And, you know, above one and a half degrees, Pacific Island countries um, start to become uninhabitable, right? You know, we start to see droughts that previously happened infrequently start to happen twice as often. So to do that, according to the scientists, we need 75% cuts. And, you know, I didn't think I'd be in this position of saying, Boris Johnson is doing something good, but Boris Johnson is doing something good. And, like, we're now in this situation, like, he's, they're, they're talking about nearly 70% cuts on their pollution by 2030. And Joe Biden in the US has come in and more than doubled their, well, effectively doubled their cuts to, to over 50%. And meanwhile, we're stuck with Tony Abbott's emissions targets of 26% by 2030, which are which are just woeful. So you've, got, you've kind of got this situation at the moment where you've got um, Boris Johnson, Joe Biden and the Greens on one side in Australian politics and the others uh, basically saying, oh, no, look, everything's fine. We don't need to change our way. Mm. The yeah. only more depressing thing about um, Tony Abbott's climate change is Tony Abbott's podcast. He's got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the it, new IPA podcast. I totally launched, forgot to listen to that. It this week. Lewis, no. have you have you yeah, listened our, to it? Have you it's heard our big any new of competitor? No. <laughs> oh God, no. I'm I'm doing everything I can at the moment to like minimise the things that make me feel angry and sick. Like I'm whatever nine weeks into the Sydney lockdown, I don't need to hear. I don't need to choose to listen to Tony Abbott now that I am not forced to. Um, if you uh, want a if you a uh, if you uh, want a good discount on a mattress, uh, try Casper uh, uh, mattresses. Uh, use the code uh, Tony uh, to get twenty percent off uh, your next uh, mattress. Uh, take it away, Peter. <laughs> apparently, the apparently the introduction music is um, a banjo. Like it just twangs on a banjo for a while. It's pretty wild. It's pretty exciting. Uh, uh, anyway, that could be better if it was a dueling banjo. <laughs> <laughs> and no disrespect to you guys, but I think, you know, John Howard gets invited on 7.30 and Tony Abbott starts his own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Van, only serious leaders get invited to come on podcasts, so, you know, count yourself lucky. Hey, look, um, I interviewed Chris Bowen today. Chris Bowen is the uh, is the shadow environment minister and in the same breath he gave this he gave this uh, speech about Labor's COP targets, what, what he would love to see. No, uh, the Australian government take to COP. But in the same breath he said, we need to put aside petty politics. And then at the same time he said, the Greens don't have a transition plan for for workers in fossil fuels and they can't be trusted. I told him, um, I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Was I right in telling him that Chris or was, was I right in telling Chris Bowen that he was wrong? Yeah, you're correct. I mean I've introduced a bill to establish a transition authority to ensure that we have a phase um, phase out of our coal-fired power stations and coal mining in a way that looks after the workers and communities in those regions. And I've, um, I've actually travelled around uh, to coal communities around Australia to basically walk in and say, you know, the Greens are here, we want to phase out coal, but we want to have a discussion with you about how we do it and held public meetings at the, you know, 
Lithgow and Muzzlebrook workers clubs and had guys in you know high-vis vests with arms folded sitting down the front glaring at us all the way through the speech and they come up afterwards and they say look you know it's don't agree with everything you say but you're the only you're the only ones who are actually being honest with us about the need for a transition. Lewis and I did a show at the Hunter uh, two months ago up in um, up in Newcastle and it's so interesting talking to folks after that show because you know they know <laughs> They know that uh, fossil fuels is going to have a, a sunset time. They're just waiting for someone to put in the solutions to get them the next career. It's really strange. We've seen it done really badly in this country, right? Like we've seen transition happen and just come and slam communities, but we've also seen it done reasonably well. Like, you know, the car industry was a really bad example. Like they just shut it down overnight and all of a sudden people lost their jobs and they didn't have anything secure to move into. But we know this is coming, right? And the people in these areas know it's coming. So like we, we can say, let's make this the place that we are going to create green steel and, and build green hydrogen. Like let's make it an energy and a manufacturing power base. It's not, it, it's within our whip to do it. Yeah. I was going to say it was really interesting when we were um, doing the Rational Fear shows in, you know, climate uh, vulnerable communities and particularly communities that had a lot of uh, fossil fuel industry. And we would be chatting to them afterwards and so many um, people would say like, no one is more guilty, like has this more sense of climate guilt than me. They're like, I I go underground and I know what I'm doing, but it pays for my kids. I, like it, this is my life. It's what my parents did. And the, and the things that they're like, I've got – like I couldn't have more solar panels on my roof. I couldn't have <laughs> be having shorter showers. Like everything I do in my life is about trying to mitigate this, but I also just don't feel like I've got a, a way out here. Like it's sort of – well, the, what they would all call the sort of golden handcuffs of that industry. Yeah, and that's up to us to do it, right? That's what government is for. Government is about saying here's a change we need to make and we've got to look after people along the way. And the good news is like in those places in New South Wales and Queensland – like in many of those areas, there's a lot of sun, there's wind. We could actually use that to create electricity that we then you know, use to create other products and we could be creating zero carbon steel here in Australia, zero carbon products to sell, the rest, zero pollution rather, products to sell the rest of the world. Like we can start doing this stuff, um, but we, uh, we, just, we just need government to do it. Uh, speaking of people getting in the way, I've been hosting the Better Futures Forum this week, Adam, and uh, Matt Keane said at the forum, he said, uh, if, uh, if, you're, if you're getting in the way of climate action, get out of the way. Uh, he's a Liberal minister. Who was he talking to there? <laughs> oh, most of the Liberal Party, I would think. And, uh, <laughs> the, um, and he also said, you know, this is your opportunity to send a message by voting, and I couldn't agree with him more, vote Greens. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't imagine that was all of a sudden going to be doing our ads for us, but thank you very much, Matt. Well, Adam, let me ask you, like, if you could pick anyone to join you on the backbench, uh, could be from any party, uh, let's play a bit of fantasy backbench here, who would you pick? So they go on the backbench? Yeah, or, yeah, or right. the front bench, yeah, or the front bench. Okay, uh, Joel Fitzgibbon, um, put him on the back bench and then sack him. I think it's probably the only, only way he's going to get out of the right. Aye, aye. I, I asked um, Bowen about Matt Keane's quote about getting out of the way and I said to Chris, that's a pretty decent sledge against Joel Fitzgibbon, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is like how 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 worried should we all be? Do you think, Adam, about the fact that there, there doesn't really appear to be any sort of effective uh, major opposition? Obviously, there's the Greens and there are, there are parties, but in in terms of a you know whether it's Liberal or Labor, the, the big two, 
neither of them seem to have any kind of desire to make any real change here, or whether it's desire. They don't seem to have the spine for it. Well, this is what worries me, is that we've got, you've got the United States President Joe Biden saying the climate crisis is an existential threat. You've got Boris Johnson and his government saying we've only got a short period of time to act. You've now got the United States, which is supposedly Australia's you know, biggest and closest allies, ally, publicly speaking, saying Australia's targets for 2030 are not enough. We need to do something about it. And while the rest of the world is saying waking up and listening to the alarm bell saying, right, we've only got a short period of time to turn around and they're actually trying to do something about it, uh, we're trying to hold them back and it's a real, real worry. And, like, the Greens are in there trying to hold Scott Morrison to account. I want to see the end of the Scott Morrison government in the next election. I really, really do. Like, he's their climate deniers. Um, they are increasing inequality in Australia and we've got to kick them out. But it's getting pretty hard to try and put the pressure on them and hold them to account when the others, like Labor's voting with them to open up new gas fields in the Beedaloo, right? We, we should be keeping it all in the ground, you know, and working out how to transition away from it, not working out how we can open up these new gas fields in the Northern Territory. And in those gas fields in the Northern Territory, there's about 70 years' worth of Australia's pollution there. So hearing, like, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, Labor's starting to take a small step towards the side of science, but what we really need to do is put the asset on Morrison in the lead-up to that climate summit at the end of the year so that he goes there and joins Joe Biden and um, Boris Johnson instead of hanging out with Saudi Arabia and Russia, which is where we are at the moment. Some of my favourite liberal democracies, uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. Um, it was uh, absolutely great to have uh, you join us, Adam. Appreciate that. A big thank you to all of our guests tonight, Jacob Stanley, Rosie Waterland, Lewis Hobart and Adam Bant. Have you got, guys got anything to plug? Jacob, do you oh, want to plug well, anything? I suppose we should mention our little podcast. Just the Gist Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Just the Gist Podcast. We release new episodes weekly-ish. We share crazy, wild, true stories in a very easy to digest way. So you'll be able to remember all the cool details and then share them at a dinner party. Oh, I <laughs> think that's the first time he's ever done a plug. Good job. <laughs> well done, Jacob. Yay. Yay. It just comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie, do you want to plug anything? Um, I guess I will also just say plug just the gist. Oh, and follow Jacob William Stanley on Instagram. Get his oh, follow account up. Oh, get, yeah, he's got to get that, that, get that, that only, only fans money going. Got to get on. that, yeah. uh, that yeah. cash me outside girl uh, level cashola coming in. Adam Vant, would you like to plug anything? Yeah, the next election's going to be really close. We've got the chance to kick Scott Morrison out, vote Greens, and oh well, God, now ours seem frivolous. Uh, <laughs> And lastly, Barley, Sean Locke. Um, oh, yeah. 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 And funny, funny, funny guy. And I've, yeah. I've modelled my look and my glasses and my hair. <laughs> just, as yeah. you were saying that, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's right there. Adam, yeah. are, you, are you guys internally, uh, you guys would be much more tuned in than we are. Are you guys taking predictions on when the election will be? Um, I think based on the based on New South Wales and the current rate of vaccination rollout, probably going to be the start of next year. But you know, Scott Morrison, I think he does think he's the chosen one. I think there's every chance that if he thinks he can pull it off this year, he'll do it. 
Mm. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess I guess uh, go slow on vaccinations. Is this what we're? Is that the message I can't read? Oh, uh, that's probably the wrong message. That's probably the wrong message. Big thank you to Road Mike's, our Patreon supporters. The Rubber Chicken Comedy Hub in South Melbourne has become a Patreon supporter. Maury Morgan, Simon Neville, a new Patreon supporter. Someone called Peter is a new Patreon supporter. Michael Mazengub from A New Economy has joined us as a Patreon supporter. Someone called M Griffin. Thank you also very much. And please head to patreon.com forward slash rational fear. We're trying to get some more money in so I can pay for an assistant uh, and someone to uh, teach Lewis how to play the piano. <laughs> Until next week. Oh no, Lewis, can we do you have the piano nearby? Oh, honestly, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a clusterfuck. Uh, I feel like we should let everyone go. I feel like, I feel like you, first, we, everyone here has far more important things to do than watching plug a piano in. <laughs> well, I tell you what, next week we're going to hear Lewis play the piano. Okay, I'll try to set it up. Otherwise, right. you can just watch me use my Theragun. Also very musical. <laughs> Thanks very much. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.